Welcome to Diving Into Crypto. Diving Into Crypto. A weekly series where thought leaders share insights, strategies, and insider stories about all things crypto and Web3. Brought to you by Adlunum. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, we've waited long enough. Let's get this show on the road. Welcome, welcome, welcome to this episode of Diving Into Crypto. This is JP from Adlunum INC bringing to you everything about Web3. Keep in mind, ladies and gentlemen, before we begin, that views expressed on this program are meant for education purposes only. Uh, that's a pun today because we're going to be talking about employable skills in the Web3 space as well as some of the education that we all need to do better in the Web3 space. Uh, in addition to that, please remember to use those reaction buttons to express your love when you hear those gems drop from our speaker today. We have a very, very special guest, a, a lady who's doing uh, a lot of work in the space of education across two different countries that I know of. I know that there's more, which are, we are going to find out on the show. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, let's welcome to the stage Anisha, the queen bee of Honeycomb Web3. Welcome, Anisha. Hi, good evening. Uh, it's nine o'clock here uh, and uh, happy to be here. Thank you so much for the invitation. Uh, wonderful to have you, Anisha. I mean, ever since we, we had the conversation before, uh, I think it was a few months ago, you know, I've been waiting to, to um, host you on the show, of course, to share your ideas and uh, a little about all the great work that you've been doing. And also because you are so focused in, you know, the, the Web3 space to develop talent and, and help people find a career. Now, that being said, and before we begin, Anisha, I have to ask you, how did you mm -hmm. get into Web3? What is What was that moment in which the, where the flip, you know, that switch had flipped for you? Um, I got into Web3 when it was known as uh, Distributed Ledger Technology in 2016. So in Singapore, um, unlike India, we only have four universities, uh, public universities. So the mass majority of us have to do our degree programs in private uh, institutions. So I did my... Um, I did my degree across uh, five years on a part-time basis, so it, it took me much longer um, compared to full-time students to complete my degree program. So my final year mm -hmm. specialization, um, I attempted it in 2016 because of family commitments. At that time, I was already a working adult, a mother of three. So um, that was 2016, 2017, and uh, I was reading BSc Finance. Um, during the summer break, uh, we were introduced uh, this program, a three-day program, uh, DLT for Finance. And I'm a person who always likes to try new things, always been an innovator, always like to mess around with technology and see how we can optimize and optimize uh, what we do. So I, I joined the program and um, because I come from um, accounting finance background, I was an auditor by training. Um, so with that extensive in-depth traditional finance knowledge, and then I learned uh, uh, technology and this technology DLT. And I was, I was just blown away because I understood the meaning of financial inclusivity um, and how technology, this special technology, actually solves all these. I was blown away and, um, and I could resonate with what this technology could do, what good this technology could do if uh, dealt with correctly. So that's when I fell in love with it and I was like, okay, this is the future. And uh, I didn't know what it would lead to the future. I just knew that uh, if it was taught in a Singapore university, uh, our universities are very conservative uh, in terms of rolling up programs that are controversial. So at that time, although Bitcoin was co um, controversial, um, the university rolled up the program. So I thought, okay, something must be in there. Wow. And my professor was my professor was like, this industry 4.0, and join startups, um, get into this space, you'll not regret it. I'm like, if a professor of 30 years background is saying that, there must be something in it. <laughs> so that's when I, I jumped into it and I've always been in there. I started 2016, 2017 was the first crypto winter. You could only trade or build uh, or uh, you could do two things, trade or uh, you could uh, educate. So I went into the education sector for a while. I, I rolled out a lot of first programs in the fintech, uh, DeFi space. We thought a lot of design thinking for emerging technology. We focused on how mm -hmm. to think to build products. 
And then I mm-hmm. went on, uh, went back to the industry, rolled out uh, e-invoicing, uh, which had a blockchain uh, architecture. And then I got headhunted into a consultancy where I did a lot of uh, strategy for um, security tokenization and uh, CBDCs, uh, real estate tokenization. And then my mm-hmm. big break was when I uh, created the CFI and DeFi projects, um, club both, and then we uh, public listed. So that was my most celebrated project. Throughout these uh, wow. five, six years, um, what commonality was constantly learning on the go. And that mm-hmm. kept me uh, on my toes and that excited me. And uh, every time, uh, whenever I kept building products, uh, I had uh, fundamentals in place, very strong mm-hmm. uh, principles in terms of you know understanding the traditional finance and the uh, technical yeah. principles of mass adoption and keeping in mind that it has to be a sustainable product build. So um, that kept me going. It was exciting and it's still exciting. It's still exciting, very, very exciting. And mm-hmm. um, so that's my entrance to uh, uh, this field and a very progressive wow. growth. And uh, I thought it was an absolute blessing to have this, this education mm-hmm. and career background. And it gave me this accelerated growth within five years. I don't think so you could have this accelerated growth if you're part of a corporate outfit. Uh, so I really enjoyed uh, being in the startup ecosystem where I could get my hands in everything, have exposure to many things and solve problems. So uh, with that extensive experience in various verticals of this, industri- um, this domain, uh, I decided to move on to talent and solve the talent gap that has been an ongoing problem for over five years right now. Right. Right. Wow, that, that is quite a journey, Anisha. I mean, you know, when, when you start out from a different industry, uh, you know, finance just has an, a, I would say, a broad overlap at best when it comes to crypto, because everything that you traditionally learn uh, is sort of spun on its head. You know, there, there's so many pivots in, in the manner in which both these industries work. So uh, this is this is certainly quite a journey that you've been on and, you know, hats hats off to you. For, for being with us today and and taking that journey, I mean, yeah, like you said, you know, you you have conservative universities in uh, in in that location, but they were able to to give you a window into that. Do you, do you see more of that happening now? Yes, yes, um, uh, very prevalent here, and we see strong demand uh, in um, the Southeast Asian unis- uh, institutions to roll out as a, as a formal um, part of their curriculum. And uh, we are working with some of the institutions, including India as well. So um, for me, I saw that I got this education in 2016, 2017. We were probably the first university in the world that did it for me. And I, I really wanted to give back this blessing. And this blessing has taken me on an incredible journey. So um, there's so much of opportunities. Yes, a lot of Web3 companies now have opened up free academy, I mean, free content academies. But, you know, um, naturally, it's the institutions that we go to for holistic education. So we're trying to bridge and connect all the dots in that manner. Certainly. Wow. Uh, and it certainly seems to be the, the dominoes seem to be falling in place where, where that's concerned. So so that's good. Um, I, I have to ask you, I mean, to, you know, when you speak about getting those skills in the Web3 arena, right? Um, mm-hmm. Very broadly, what are some of the skills you think that people should have if they want to venture from another, either from another industry into Web3 or transitioning, you know, between Web2 and Web3? What, what do you think some of those broad, broadly those skills should be? Uh, number one skill set that you should have is uh, the mindset to fail. <laughs> With the willingness, the willingness to fail comes... Um, the depth in learning uh, and the, the and then uh, consistency will develop in uh, problem solving. So um, instead mm-hmm. of saying prob- be a problem solver, I, I say mm-hmm. I, I say have the guts to fail and, and tell yourself to tune your mind that it's good to fail so that I keep mm-hmm. learning. So if you right. come in with a mindset that everything has to fall in place from day one or everything mm-hmm. has to be laid out in a platter for you from day one, you're not going to learn yeah. anything. So um, have the expectation or, or, you know, eagerness to walk into a mess and figure out how to put the puzzle together. So um, that's number one skill set, uh, uncertainty. Mm-hmm. And working in uncertainty, don't expect uh, a clear black and white because with mm-hmm. this ambiguity comes 
phenomenal education, phenomenal education mm-hmm. that no book can bring you. So um, mm-hmm. that's the that's the skill set. All um, Web three companies, all companies that are in digital transformation want their employees or their state mm-hmm. uh, um, their team to have the willingness to right. continuously learn and always do research and you know try you know uh, problem solving problem and continuously solve the problems. Okay, so so if I if I understood that correctly, the first one is be willing to fail, right? Have no fear about failing. Uh, yes, and the right. second one is, and the second one is, of course, you know, have that problem-solving mindset, right? Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. So with, with with these two skills, um, I'm I'm curious to also understand, like, because you you will have a lot of people right now who who would still look at Web three as an option, uh, you know, wanted mm-hmm. to get into either with a blockchain or you know the the crypto um, industry as a as a whole. Uh, but for mm-hmm. somebody, for example, let's let's go a little more specific, right? Um, mm-hmm. For someone who has, say, about ten years of work experience in a particular field, and you know, is trying to transition to the Web three sector, or they've mm-hmm. they've been in the Web two space and then they're coming into the Web three sector. So, so more specifically, um, what you know, what should what should they do? What what are some of the things that a person should look out for if they want to venture into the space. So the get the fundamentals right. Get your introduction to blockchain, the fundamentals of blockchain right with a credible source. Um, and uh, mm-hmm. we have an education arm that is building those that curriculum. There's also um, such curriculum is available with reputable uh, protocols as well. So first and foremost, before you you decipher into this field, get the understanding mm-hmm. right and the fundamentals right. Next, in trying to fin- figure out uh, where to position yourself, ask yourself, what's my core competency? Um, and if you're a marketer or if you're a lawyer or if you're an I, I will not want to uh, touch on developer because there's so much of materials right. on how a developer can venture into this space. I'm going to focus a lot on non-technical people, how you can uh, venture into this space. Mm-hmm. So, for example, right. for me at that point when I was entering the space in 2016, I was in the education sector and I right. was a teacher. So um, as a program director, that was my core skill set, being able to teach. Mm-hmm. So and being mm. able to speak. So when I got my fundamentals right through my education, um, and then mm-hmm. I blended both together, and then I created programs where we taught uh, um, blockchain and the soft skills to um, mm. to enable um, to enable builders to build uh, properly. So we rolled out design thinking for blockchain use cases, and we um, right. helped businesses. So that's my example. So for example, if you're a lawyer. Uh, you're a legal counsel. Um, so that's your core competency. Then first you right. learn the fundamentals of blockchain. And then the mm-hmm. very basic thing, go to a job portal, go and mm-hmm. uh, Google uh, a JD for legal counsel for crypto, legal counsel for Web3. <laughs> and you'll see, the, you'll see the requirements, right? So that's your cheat yeah. sheet. So, you know, okay, the industry needs this. So then you can, you know, check check against whether do I have this, do I have this legal set? Am I, do I qualify for this? Do um can am I competent? Can I, do I qualify for this role? If you don't, then mm-hmm. go acquire the skill set. So that's a, right. a very simple cheat, cheat sheet. Go Google for JDs uh, that you like, uh, that resonate mm-hmm. with you, that are aligned to your core competencies. Then go and mm-hmm. fill in the gaps with those competencies. So how do you fill in the gaps with um, the the competencies that you don't have or experience? Internships. Um, you know, go fit yourself into a project or clone a project and, you know, try, you know basically create your own um, work journal and have a public record of it. You know, I, I absolutely love that you said that about the cheat sheet, right? That's the the, the one thing that most of us don't follow uh, when, when it comes to having to find a new career or having to, you know, look at a new role. Uh, those are some of the key things that, that are required of you, Right. And and it's surprising that so many people, uh, you know, are are no, I wouldn't say oblivious, but they've never s- figured that out. So I'm really glad uh, that you know you, you shared that with us today. <laughs> Thank you for that, Anisha. That's a classic. That's a total gem. You're welcome. I think it's 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 such an obvious and the most easiest thing, but we never realize that that is the answer or the cheat sheet. 
So um, yeah. for me, that that was the approach I always took since young. Uh, mm-hmm. So it was easy for me to comprehend, and yeah, I'm happy to that 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 brought a lot of light. So yeah. <laughs> So super okay. So um, I'm a ten year veteran. I look at a cheat sheet. I I see that there is you know uh, I'm from a different industry. I I can I can find my my position here. That seems that seems fairly easy, right? Um, what about what about if I'm a I'm a student, for example, right? I've only just come across Web three. I've probably just recently graduated, or I'm still going to graduate. Um, you mm-hmm. know, and you could maybe. And in some places, there's a lot of places where students may not have the exposure to what mm-hmm. the Web3 industry is about. So maybe what I'll do is I'll split up this question into two parts, right? Um, mm-hmm. We've spoken about it as a veteran who can find the skill sets, but is there something specific for students that they can do? And I know a lot of them are in the room today. Uh, you know, for, for students to do that, if they want to break into the Web3 industry, is there something they should be looking at or something they should be doing at this point in their life? Oh, there's think? so much more that students can do compared to working professionals in this space. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. but the uh, in the the basics of it, it's still the same. Where you understand yourself the best, so identify your mm-hmm. core competency, your passion, or your love. Um, mm-hmm. When you want to learn something new, and blockchain is not easy, you have to stay motivated. So these are the these are the driving factors, right? You have to do something that you're passionate about. You can be a engineering student but uh, doing creative work is what excites you and gets you up in the day then you want to mm-hmm. explore the creative space of blockchain so um right. so and uh, define your core competency number one and they say you know uh, birds are like no flock together so yeah. find groups and communities that work together um Number three, start your own online portfolio. It's as easy as that, you know, in an open source mm-hmm. where um, either GitHub or Notion.com. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, and, and start building a profile of you either copy, uh, you clone a project or mm-hmm. you go and identify some use cases you can resonate with or existing mm-hmm. projects that you like, identify existing projects that you like and 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 be that silent silent ghost employee and give yourself a title yeah. role and then build your build your portfolio based on the existing project so that you have yeah. a portfolio or you have your own profile uh, based on a real life project so these are right. the few ways that you can do so number one um, identify your core competency what keeps you really happy number two um, yeah right. introduction to blockchain understanding the fundamentals uh, there are a lot of online um, courses available uh, free courses available by the reputable protocols at this point mm-hmm. of time um, like I mentioned we are rolling out uh, with focus on business innovation uh, the right. third one is um, um, uh, set up your own portfolio online portfolio where you you document all your work if there's no evidence mm-hmm. of your work, nobody is going to uh, tap onto your talent. And if there's no, so that's mm-hmm. what Web3 is about, right? It's about um, tamper-proof recording. So you've got to record yeah. your work and put it out there. You've got to be a bit shameless about it and let people comment. Mm-hmm. And get yourselves into groups. Um, find communities. This is one community. I can see so many people here. And then mm-hmm. um, find a project, either create your own project or sim- simpler clone a project or existing project that you like, identify mm-hmm. a role and then work on that project and, and put up that portfolio there. The beautiful thing about the Web3 space is that there's this term called open contributor. You can right. actually identify yourself with a project and you know you go to them and say, look, I would like to contribute and this is my work. You probably like it. Mm-hmm. I know a few people who got um, full-time employments based on their, uh, you know, their building of their portfolios. So that's a new right. way of hiring, a new way of talent sourcing for employers as well. It's not about attending an interview and uh, looking at your CV and, that, and, and the talent acquisition mm-hmm. officer says, you know, oh yeah, I think you can do it. No, now it's prove yeah. yourself, then you mm-hmm. can, you qualify for the role. So you've got yeah. to really prove yourself in this space and remote work, work from home, and I'm very glad mm-hmm. that article came out today and um, it, it made a very controversial uh, whirlpool within a few hours. <laughs> so yeah, it's yeah. work from home, remote work means discipline, integrity, honesty. Mm-hmm. I cannot emphasize yeah. that well enough. 
ஒன்லைன் <laughs> <laughs> Or, or their social media page or if they respond to you get their feedback i know a lot of web three founders who are phenomenal mentors um, yeah. equally like yourself and jason you guys yeah. share so much uh, and i'm sure there are a lot more out there as well so there's so much as a student that you can do because when you don't have any liabilities at this age or at this right. stage of your life let's not talk about age yeah. you can experiment <laughs> in so many different ways and don't jump into oh i'm going to go into a startup i'm going to launch my startup i'm going to raise right. 1 million i'm going to raise 2 million don't focus on the monetary benefit focus on the intrinsic benefit first focus on yeah. proving yourself documenting mm-hmm. that work accepting mm-hmm. feedback and refining your work and let people find you when your work is beautiful people will come to you you don't have to go to anyone so but you have to be available publicly your work has to be available publicly and uh, mm-hmm. yeah i think there's so much yeah i mean ab- absolutely anisha i agree with you 100% and ladies and gentlemen those of you in the room that agree please give our speaker a reaction uh, for those wonderful gems remember I-, i can't repeat that in tamil but don't make a savory donut just with your mouth you got to make it <laughs> you got to actually make it right and you got to have that what exactly what you were saying anisha you got to have that proof of work if you've worked in these spaces if you're developing your role documented somewhere so you know you, it's it's more about show don't tell right that's that's one of yes. the trends you're seeing in the industry is that right anisha yes yes document your work publicly so that you know there is a record that it's your work as well Do not steal work. Do not steal work. Please innovate, optimize. Do not steal work. <laughs> and certainly, certainly good advice. Certainly something, and also resonating with uh, what you mentioned before. Have the have the integrity and have the discipline uh, when it comes to work from home. You know, uh, so that your 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 true contribution only builds you up. Right, makes you a strong. It makes you a better person. Besides, yeah. yes, absolutely, okay. absolutely. super okay so i i understood now as a veteran what i should be doing if i want to get into the web web3 space i understand now also as a student some of the things that i can do if i want to get into you know this entire industry that i'm seeing so much about um at the same time um you know the second part of the question that i have to ask you anisha is that you have the unique advantage of having been you know across two uh two countries at this point and and many more that you may have been at uh across asia across even even europe for that matter where uh you don't see a lot of promotion uh you know you don't see a lot of promotion where web3 is concerned so in in a huge contrast between singapore and india let's just take these two locations right in mm-hmm. singapore you're more likely to see advertisements about web3 companies you know it's spoken about on the streets it's spoken about in in various cafes uh and in on the other end of the spectrum in in india it's not spoken about as much as it could be right because there's no direct promotion there's you know a, a mm-hmm. lot more regulation by the government right um mm-hmm. so if you know if somebody were to were to just get a scratch the surface of what web3 is about right and since mm-hmm. you've spoken to so many students mm-hmm. um what some of the stories you hear about hey you know what this looks interesting but how do i get more information how do i find out more about this you know what can i do if if there's a small case because there was one part of the question that i had for you what what do you tell mm-hmm. them i uh, start talking to people that's how i started so i'll tell you an okay. interesting story uh tell you an interesting story when i did my bsc finance and we were specializing in dlt in 2016 um uh mm-hmm. we did not have textbooks there were no lecture notes uh it was a, a deck of uh, powerpoint slides that the dean and the professor so these are the top people in the faculty it was not even like junior lecturers or senior lecturers it was the dean <laughs> the school dean and the professor who introduced the program into the university was teaching us so um no textbooks were available 
uh, there's still no textbooks in the university for blockchain. Um, just yeah, uh, for fintech, yes. So uh, what mm. we do is that we learn based on research. We mm-hmm. learn based on articles about uh, real projects, and we mm-hmm. uh, do inference or we relate them to our um, base knowledge or traditional. Uh, for us, was traditional finance knowledge, so it can be traditional computer science knowledge. So. Um, right. How uh, how I uh, I do my own research and inferences about this is that um, I I try to uh, work backwards and see what problems was is this project solving, and mm-hmm. uh, what was the what was the fault in the previous method, and how is this new method solving that problem? As simple as that. So innovation right. comes with either optimization. Or you know, mm-hmm. uh, changing and cleaning up the mess that the previous previous product has, correct? So from there you right. go, oh, okay, this was what it's trying to solve. So don't wrap mm-hmm. your head around the buzzwords, or, and you know, go too deep and uh, too academic and theoretical about it. It's about people right. at the end of the day. It's the people that are using these tools. So it's about mm-hmm. um, identify. So all you do is um, research all these articles on Google, Google News, whatever news feeds regarding Web three, um, you know, yeah. subscribe and follow to to um, um, uh, Web three uh, 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 socials that give you news, um, your your platform for one example, and then with that news, mm-hmm. identify the product, mm-hmm. identify the problem they are solving. What is the technology mm-hmm. or what is the business case that's now being innovated? And how did it get right. adopted? So this is mm-hmm. about um, the product, how it's solved, and what was the process and the solution. Right. So as simple as that. I didn't use any technical jargons, did I? So now, no. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> then technology is just a tool, a catalyst. You know, you leverage on technology. You don't force yeah. technology into people. So it's about mm-hmm. how do you... How do you introduce this to the people without introducing Web three? It's, it's you know you 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 um, trigger or you uh, connect through familiarity. So um, okay. problem solving always comes with uh, uh, familiarity first. What was that point of familiarity? What are they solving? Yeah. Did they force? Did they force the user to change their behavior? Because I noticed mm-hmm. that a lot of students, when they come up with projects in Web three, uh, because mm-hmm. of the buzzwords, they force that solution into users. Users don't want yeah. a solution. Users want normality. Mm. Users are loyal to what works. They don't want right. you to fix what's not broken. So then mm-hmm. in the back end, you go and dissect and see what was uh, what was fixed in the back end. What was right. different. And then you learn from there. Because in reality, you can't have textbooks for this space at this point of time. It's very right. much um, learning through case studies. And uh, knowing uh, how to dissect and how design thinking works is also important. So if you Google design thinking, you have, there is a yeah. format. If you uh, mm-hmm. Google um, problem solving methods, there's a format. And from there, right. you can do your case study. It's a little bit tricky, but you know, by the time you do the same process for your fourth or fifth project, you, you will yeah. get the hang of it. You won't even realize you actually got the hang of it because it's so intuitive. <laughs> And that's what business is about. That's what technology is about. Uh, I like that. I like how you say that it's it becomes intuitive because you you've practiced it that many uh, that many times, right? Because you do it six times, seven times. Uh, but the quicker you start with that process, the more you're able to. It, it just becomes a part of you. It becomes a part of the habits that you have, and that you know, as human beings, we don't really want to change. Yes, that's correct. And this is also one of a skill set. This is one of very, very important skill set that you need if you want to be part of an innovation team or a startup in this space. Right. Truly, truly, truly. Okay. So, um, Anisha, I think you, we, we've got a good, um, you know, background and base about where we can where we can start if we're looking to get into Web3, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm curious to know because I know that recently you 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 were in India. You 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 gave a a, a talk at one of the top institutions there, um, mm-hmm. and then you are also plugged into a, a large number of the student community that's that's in Singapore, right? Yes, are there yes, some yes. trends that you see changing uh, where where students are concerned? You know, if the job seekers today, uh, 
there may be some common threads uh, between both these places, but there may also be some common trends that you see uh, happening with students who are getting into the industry. Uh, could you share some light on that? Let's go with the good stuff first. <laughs> the commonality is that the commonality is that students are taking learning into their own hands. See, in uh, right. traditional infrastructures, educational infrastructure, to make a change in in uh, the curriculum, it takes time because there's so much of bureaucracy and a lot of uh, uh, change management. Correct. So students right. who identify students who identify this need and demand, they go out there that, to the industrial community and participate. Mm -hmm. So. Um, both here and uh, in Singapore and India, there are a lot of student-led communities where they come together, brainstorm, and figure out how to uh, do uh, peer learning in the space mm -hmm. or even uh, projects. As simple as you know, going for meetups, going for panels, uh, panels, identifying mentors and advisors to guide them. They start with right. the very basic of oh yeah, and both sides. What these student communities do is that they start a community and mm -hmm. a uh, forum online, we call it a DAO, mm -hmm. and then they try okay. to have their own governance. So you're, mm -hmm. you're learning, um, you're, you're learning on the go, you're, you're putting, you're learning through practice, correct? So they are learning right. on the go, so both sides, this is very prevalent. Another thing okay. is that both sides, um, enthusiastic uh, 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 students look for opportunities through hackathons through uh, internships right. beyond the institution. This is phenomenal. They go hunt for uh, uh, um, in internships that is not needed for them in, through their um, traditional uh, uh, you know, education uh, uh, portfolio, but they go out well beyond and find uh, internships and they make time for it, both sides. Mm -hmm. And a lot mm -hmm. of them try to form their groups and participate in hackathons. Um, yeah, but what I think is lacking is that um, there's no longevity or long-term planning in all these participation. Probably it comes with maturity. So um, right. if you're listening up, uh, if you are a community DAO, you're a student-led club, um, find a few mentors who can give you a structured framework or guide you on a structured framework. As, okay, if you go for a meetup, come back with some learning uh, learning. Uh, uh, tips or uh, come back with some share your learnings identify what you have learned how can we convert some of the learnings into um, uh, practice or um, another thing you can also you know when you go for a hackathon come back and get feedback from your advisors or your mentors on how what's the next step and you know have like mm -hmm. a calendar of events and sometimes right. there's too many events both sides both sides and around the world too many events yeah. I think this is the post pandemic uh, bombarding of <laughs> events. So choose your events wisely. Get mentors yeah. and advisors to advise you on which events to attend. Or if you want, then you want to mock up your own minor uh, small events. There are willing people to come and speak. Have a structure mm -hmm. in all these. So these are the commonalities and these are some of the shortcomings that can be solved as well for the student communities. You know? But it's very aggressive. When You know, when you have the passion, you have the drive, you'll do anything. And um, yeah. the communities that I'm involved with, they just have the amazing passion, drive, and energy. And that keeps me going. So uh, mm -hmm. even the, this, the recent trip, I just came back three days ago and I was traveling nonstop for 18 days. And I was just so yeah. exhausted because the last trip was across five cities in three weeks and uh, just Chennai alone. I, was, I had to go to Coimbatore and then back in Chennai and back-to-back -back events. But, you know, the response yeah. is phenomenal. These students, they come and they, they said, okay, this is what we want to do. This is what we are already doing. What's next? How can we improve yeah. ourselves? So when you have the willpower, the, like mm. I said, the advisors and mentors, people will come flocking to you to help. And I know advisors and mentors mm. who come go, go to these communities and help them as well. True. And, you know, that's that's something that's that's unique in the Web3 space that you see. Um that, that happens an, an awful lot where you have, um, what should I call it, where, where you have people who are so willing to help out, right? Uh, that is that is really prevalent in the Web3 space. I haven't come across that as much in other industries, but this one for sure. Yes, that's a beautiful part. That's the beautiful, beautiful part. And that keeps, keeps everybody going. Even among the um, industrial practitioners in Singapore, mm -hmm. uh, 
everybody helps each other even if they are competitors they help each other they collaborate work together uh and it's the same with students as well um yeah and some oh, another thing that i've noticed is that sometimes uh, probably due to lack of maturity you want to get things done yourself you want to achieve a yeah. trophy but you know with collaboration comes a whole new level of achievement so don't be afraid to collaborate because the ecosystem is such that you have to collaborate and uh yeah. when you do things together there's so much more you can achieve truly absolutely absolutely uh anisha i've got to ask you because we you know we again looked at look at a range of of activities that people can undertake and uh things mm-hmm. that people can do in this particular space but it it really does boil down to like you're saying right um not being not being afraid and being able to problem solve uh mm-hmm. i think that also alludes to another skill set that a lot more people should uh a, a lot more people should should practice and that's mental agility right you having yes. been across industries being being a person that's come in from a different industry into the web3 space uh you know wh- what is your secret sauce or what are some of the things you think that keep keep mental agility going for me uh okay i i think there are many parts to this for me it was um, a personal uh, uh motivation i have three children and uh mm-hmm. last year my daughter googled my name and she okay. was so excited to see my title my job title and whatever work i've done and mm-hmm. at that time it was just because you know we were on a full on ama drive and there were so many pictures <laughs> of ama posters so um and i was like oh my gosh this child if it was just for one project profit driven project that she got so excited imagine if i yeah. did work that um that made a difference that made a social impact i mean made an impact for women mm-hmm. and uh that keeps me do- going um i do a lot of physical training endurance training uh that mm-hmm. helps a lot um uh not i don't go to the gym and have a sweat fest i i, yeah. I do long runs to train my mind um mm-hmm. for endurance um when you become a product builder you mm-hmm. you find yourself working uh, 12 to 16 hours not against your yeah. will but because of passion that you want to get this out when that's the case right. you need that endurance um uh, training so um mm-hmm. taking up a physical sport is very 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 important because the body needs active movement to be able to yeah. think the body needs to be happy to be able to work happily and to be productive so that's another um secret sauce uh family mm-hmm. family motivation my children um endurance training um and uh the third one is it makes me happy it's my passion and um mm-hmm. and my dna is such that i'm pretty selfless and i give back mm-hmm. a lot so right. um it, so it's about fundamentally what makes you happy are you creating right. uh, impact to the greater society uh, mm-hmm. even if it's for one person or two people so uh, right. that keeps me going so it's that's the that matrix for me <laughs> <laughs> okay 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 so um so i i'm glad that you you shared that and that's that's certainly personal because when when you talk about the the motivation being from within when you speak about the balance and uh, i like the particular part especially um you know especially where uh, you you are able to use endurance uh physical endurance as a method of of building product and you know build stamina in that space as well uh i i can i can totally see that are are there any other things that you're doing uh that you, you would like to share with us so that you see you know from somebody um somebody inspiring who who has great mental um agility that that you've observed uh i i know a lot of fellow product builders uh in the space um mm-hmm. uh, what keeps them going is um i feel finally uh, to to achieve that formal to being the first in many things so uh, you know putting the trophy in front of you and telling yourself okay the trophy is there you've got to run to the trophy and these are your yeah. steps so breaking it down breaking it down and celebrating every milestone and having okay. cheerleaders having cheerleaders mm-hmm. it's yeah so that uh, some of my founders do that and um mm-hmm. we did that when we were product building as well so um 
having that community of cheerleaders uh, keeps you your mind happy knowing that okay once i achieve this the celebration mm-hmm. is coming in so then then you'll be motivated to go to the next one so um yeah. making it, breaking it down and making it palatable to to tune your mind that it's not a long it's not a long run but it's you know short sprints mm-hmm. so um that's what some of the product builders do as well and uh yeah that's that's um in terms of you know uh, action plan mm-hmm. this is one way to build a mental agility in this space but like you said it, it's very much dna driven the willpower um mm-hmm. if you want to make a million bucks uh you'll become a millionaire don't be a founder don't right. be an entrepreneur <laughs> <laughs> you need the mindset you need the mindset to make a difference to create an impact um okay. have you know uh steve jobs uh, uh amazing poem uh, amazing poem mm-hmm. about uh the crazy ones so the yeah. crazy ones are the ones that you know go out and change the world and yeah. you know it's it's so it's about changing the world and doing your part to change the world how can you change the world i think that's enough and i've seen so many of my friends who build products that help people who do not have banking access who help people who do not need to pay one third of their salary for remittance costs i who yeah. help people to you know have a career opportunity to work from home so mm. making a difference keeps them motivated and keeps them going Wow. Okay. So that's that's really digging deep to find your motivators to to help you develop your your mental agility. And I think you've also touched on the fact that you can add uh, a dimension of the physical um, stamina building, which is a a great idea to keep that going. So, so thank you for that, Anisha. Appreciate that. Welcome. Oh, super. Okay. That being said, Anisha, I I have to ask you. Um, Mm-hmm. What is your personal philosophy of life and for the audience in the room today? What message would you like to share with them? Every problem has a solution. The problem mm-hmm. is one, solution is 10. Pick mm-hmm. the best solution that you think is the right fit at that point of time and with the resources mm-hmm. you have and mm-hmm. get going. If it doesn't work, optimize the solution. that's my mantra mm-hmm. for uh, for to la- towards life everything has a solution so chill and uh, mm-hmm. that keeps you happy when you are happy you stay motivated to keep going uh mm-hmm. you know in this space oh i always tell this to all my partners to all my clients the web three space is not about getting it right it's about being there when shit hits the fan everything right. can go wrong in the web three space <laughs> <laughs> so it's about having the mindset of how to solve the problem that has been my mantra towards life and towards work right. and in and it's amazing way to lead life being always positive truly. towards challenges truly 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 thank you for that that's an that's an absolute gem and I'm certain that that's something as a, a personal philosophy we can all ad- all adapt uh you know all adopt them sorry uh in in the room today so thank you for sharing that one anisha sure super okay uh ladies and gentlemen for you uh who are in the room and would like to ask our speaker a question this is the right time to do it simply raise your hand so that our host can can give you the ability to um to ask that question if not you can always tweet that to uh at the rate crypto ama underscore uh, on Twitter. If not, tweet it to adlunum inc and we will pick up that question for you. So in a, in a minute, we should be able to have more speakers come in. Let's give it some time for people who have, um, uh, who would like to ask the question live. But at the same time, I also see, wow, oh, wow. Okay, so there's, there's already four questions that have come in, in into the room. um maybe we can start with that so we can get our our tech tech host can have somebody in as a speaker so the the first question is um this is from uh from Enda Souza uh saying Anisha you you've shared so much about the things that you do in the day how do you find the time <laughs> uh, uh. 
it just has been a way of life and I just make sure that so as a professional as a founder as a CEO um, I'm very structured with my calendar um, okay. even for my children like for example uh, Wednesday afternoons I do not schedule anything I spend my time on Wednesday afternoon with my children so that type of scheduling for for work life um uh, mm-hmm. in terms of personal life and um personal life and finding time um i don't really think that much but i think i make time for physical movement meeting people mm-hmm. and uh i really go with the flow uh, there's no real structure motivation you know uh, happiness uh creating social impact keeps me going and, mm-hmm. um that's how i find the time i guess and singapore you know it's a fast pace city and we we do a lot of things so it comes naturally and mm-hmm. being a woman in this space of this of this ca- uh, authority and role uh, we always work 10 times more harder so somehow yeah. the universe blesses us uh, with a stretchable uh, dynamic time that the that ordinary people cannot see <laughs> amen amen i mean if you can if you can pack so much into your day you obviously have some super skill uh you know uh, it's a superhuman ability no doubt right no doubt yeah. okay um our, our next question thank you for that anisha our next question is um how do you see more companies adapting to to the web3 space and at the same time creating more jobs so it's a it's a twofold question one is about you know mainstream companies coming into web3 and by virtue of that creating more jobs if there's some light you can share on that yeah i've shared this with uh, uh, in the events that i spoke last week uh, and happy to share again first of all identify your core competency identify your core business offering in your company and mm-hmm. uh, and then uh, understand the various web3 business models available or consult with a with a strategist or token strategist uh, and mm-hmm. see how you can implement that into your ecosystem into your product fit and then yeah. roll that out uh, based on the parameters of whether it's going to be a new product line a new distribution channel or uh, you know basically a, a optimization of your backend so it's very mm-hmm. much business strategy driven if you're looking at low hanging fruits or you're looking at something that um you want to immediately jump on the bandwagon is that um upskill your talents if you're a tech if you you run a technical team um you need to factor in um training for um to upskill them in the web3 space so mm-hmm. um that's how we work with some companies where we identify who is their 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 uh employers the 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 demographics of their employees and then mm-hmm. um we upskill them to be prepared for the job orders that will come in so if you are a services mm-hmm. company um although there's no need for your 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 product offering to be in the web3 or to to migrate into web3 space but you right. will receive job orders where bigger institutions um are going to adopt web3 and they would require mm-hmm. your support your 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 talent support from your team so then your team must be ready to take on the project with your ta- your, your your employee pool being a uh, web3 competent so those are like right. the low hanging fruits in terms of india where it's the world's largest um offshoring center offshore uh, to go to for it talents that those are the right. low hanging fruits and um there are a lot of protocols that can support this uh upskilling as well um and if as a business you want to um adopt web3 run a pilot have a internal mm-hmm. hackathon because it's your own people that understand the pain points of your product or service offering and then um you know okay. see how you can sh- and whether web3 is a suitable suitable uh, technology to to uh, solve those problems just keep mm-hmm. in mind during the pandemic zoom was not created overnight uniswap ave yeah. those protocols were not created overnight they were already yeah. there for 3 4 years so wait building and waiting for the right time is very very important therefore mm-hmm. now is the time to brainstorm and build and prepare mm-hmm. for the next wave or next bull run so um it's good mm-hmm. to have the support of a uh, uh, industrial expert that works with your company in identifying how you can adopt web3 into your business model to address your users 
That's that's absolutely fantastic. As as a matter of fact, I want to spin off a bit more. So, so what you what you effectively saying, Anisha, is that you know uh, mainstream businesses should start having their own uh, project groups that will pilot and test uh, using Web three technology, uh, pilot and test solutions that they can later you know develop more fully into as a new business um, you know angle or a new business vertical. Is 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 that right? Yes, correct. So, for ticket, for example, Starbucks, um, they, they mm-hmm. did not force they did not force NFT into the faces of their users. For the user right. front, there's no change. It was a technological change that enhances the way they 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 retain uh, loyalty and improve mm-hmm. uh, incentivization for loyalty. So it was a back end change. So mm-hmm. likewise, implement this change in the back end first. Don't disturb the user because that adoption yeah. will come later. And when it does, mm-hmm. you'll be the first person ready for that change. So, um, right. you know, it's like it's like uh, getting your child to eat vegetables. You never just put that broccoli right on the face, right? You make it into a cutlet, you make it into a puree. Then one day yeah. when they are six, seven years old, it's like, yeah, the broccoli was always there. <laughs> so, <laughs> by the time the child is already accustomed to the taste. So likewise, um, um, just make it a very subtle change, one, one, one broccoli at a time. Oh, that that's absolutely brilliant. I think and I think it's 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 a great analogy, right? Using using that one from home. That's that's fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Super, super. Okay, I've got I've got one more one more question that that that's come up. Uh, in terms of since we spoke about employability, right? There's there's two mm-hmm. parts to this question, and the first one is, uh, you know, what are some of the best jobs in the Web three space or the metaverse space that are going to be required? Uh, and the second is, what is the lowest hanging fruit type of job that breaks me into Web3? I think you covered a bit of that, but I'll, let's mm-hmm. take it in two parts. So the, the the most sought after positions that are going to be there for Web3 in the metaverse. Okay, two uh, very high demand ones are, are smart contract engineers. Um, mm-hmm. That's what from the technical side, smart contract engineers. But you just mm-hmm. cannot only focus on smart contract uh, uh, engineering. You have to okay. be a holistic, holistic technician where you understand the full architecture and then perform the domain well. That that particular uh, stack well. Um, a mm-hmm. lot of uh, companies now are seeking full stack developers. I mean, it's not possible in terms as one human, uh, uh, you know, um, trying to. Uh, perfect everything but as Jack Ma says you don't have to be perfect in everything just have your hand mm-hmm. in, um, you know you understand the full spectrum of the technical stack and make sure that you fine-tune your co- competency in smart contract coding and then um, mm-hmm. research on which program is in demand solidity is the base go to and that mm-hmm. will the demand will keep increasing the moment you have that expertise in solidity programming then you go on to yeah. the other uh, preferred ones as well so that's on the technical track. On the non-technical track, there's a huge demand for community builders. Uh, the community builders represent storytellers, content creators who can string a chord mm-hmm. and make sense out of the project, can um, can advocate the project. So I, I didn't yeah. just notice, I didn't use the word market because you can't yeah. sell directly anymore. You need to tell a story. You need to win the hearts and you need to make right. them feel that they need this and why they need it. You've got, I mean, see, there are going to be a million products out there. The only way you're going to get the buy-in is when you, when you resonate with them with a story and, and something of familiarity. So you have to really mm-hmm. build a community organically, keep them engaged, mm-hmm. have skin in the game. So um, you yeah. have to be very creative in community building. So a certain level of understanding politics is in, involved because, you know, you need to have that yeah. strong ownership sense. So these are the two spectrum. And um, mm-hmm. we are in huge, huge lack of um, legal counsels and uh, accountants yeah. in the crypto space. So right. I'm so happy I found I found three lawyers who are who are <laughs> focusing in digital assets in India. And uh-huh. I was like, oh my gosh, guys, you guys got to come together and make sure this time next year there's hundred of you. <laughs> so the huge demand wow. is there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So as enterprises start having start, oh, uh, no putting their, their portfolio into crypto, digital assets, that demand is mm-hmm. there to be audited and to be accounted for, and also to, right. to you know, have check and balances against regulations. So there is a demand mm-hmm. uh, for 
professionals in the legal spectrum and accountancy taxation spectrum to understand right. digital assets and to be able to apply uh, the standards for that as well. So that's that on the non-technical spectrum, huge demand, huge, huge demand. Right. So yeah, that's what it is. Wow, that's that's extremely that's extremely insightful and 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 thank you for sharing that, Anisha, because I think that that does give most of us in the room, uh, you know, some some directive as to which of my previous skill sets or or experiences I can I can leverage and pivot into the Web three space. So yeah, uh, I, I agree with you one hundred percent on on both those counts. Amazing, thank you. Super. Yeah. No, thank you. Um, I, I have to okay. I've got one more one more question that's coming from Miss <laughs> Marino. Miss Marino is is from oh she she mentions that she's from Argentina. Um, she says and oh okay and she so she she does know a little about you Anisha. She says what are some of the biggest challenges you faced building Honeycomb Web three and what advice can you share with fellow women builders uh, you know in the space? Uh being a woman itself was a big challenge. <laughs> being a smart woman was a bigger challenge. <laughs> so, uh, I guess the lunar crash really um, impacted us, although we didn't have direct exposure, our stakeholders had exposure. So, we were affected greatly. So, um, the challenges, number one, was being a startup without a brand. So what we mm-hmm. did is that we partnered with brands, we partnered with uh, stakeholders and associations to be heard louder. Number two right. is that I chose to amplify the noise I want to hear. Uh, there will, Obviously, right. there's always going to be this group of people who are going to try to put you down and say, oh, she's just a woman. Uh, as much mm-hmm. as the biasness is going to be there for hundreds of years, it's about how right. you are going to let your work speak for yourself. You cannot be an empty mm-hmm. vessel. We, we, we chose not to be an empty vessel and, um, you know, mm-hmm. constantly go out there and taught leadership and uh, mm-hmm. being present. Being present is what I did. Even when we hit the, we hit a road bummer, we had challenges. What we did and what kept us going was being present. We did not hide. We did not go into mm-hmm. hiding. We did not, be, you know, we didn't go into the shell. Uh, we were present right. and we were uh, openly communicating that, you know, we'll figure a way out. We will figure a contingency way out. And that's how I tied to and creativity comes in even in operations so um, right. like when lunar crash happened and then we had mm-hmm. to be careful about OPEX so Honeycomb mm-hmm. is never funded we've been bootstrapped all the way and I intentionally made that as such because I didn't want him wow. to rush into funding so um, yeah. and that also gave me a lot of room and like way to think about creative hiring and because um, mm-hmm. you see in this space there's lack of talent when there's lack of right. talent available so supply Oh, what is that? Uh, no, how are you possibly going to find full-time talents? Even if you find yeah. full-time talents, they do not come with that knowledge and skill set that you're expecting. Then be creative mm-hmm. with um, be creative with part-time talents with uh, apprenticeships. But also, um, mm-hmm. whether you're a man or woman, come with that ecosystem mm-hmm. support to train them on the go. So yeah, mm-hmm. and another thing is that uh, it's not a challenge being a woman. I think being compassionate and having that. DNA of being empathetic that yeah. can open your eyes to so many things and have a mirror mm-hmm. have a mirror that content, constantly uh, uh, um, you know questions you on your decisions because sometimes we become over compassionate and there's a fine line of being used and being compassionate yeah. in businesses about you know meeting the OPEX about getting the pipeline strong it's about getting the sale so um, yeah it's about choosing the noise you want to amplify I've, I've yeah. made the statement uh, during this year's International Women's Day. Do not let your gender or your status mm-hmm. uh, put you down. The only thing that you should shine and, and, and hold your flag up high is your willpower and mm-hmm. the proof of your work. Let your work speak for you. That's fantastic. I, I applaud you for, for, for saying that. And, you know, it's been a truly inspir- inspirational journey that you've, you've shared with us today, Anisha. Uh, the challenges you face, the the jumps that you've made, the the focus, the endurance, and the ability that you've had, whether it's come through your running or not, <laughs> it's 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 been fantastic to hear your story, Anisha. Thank you, thank you for sharing that this time with us uh, and to all the audience in the room as well. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. Looking forward to meeting you in person. And yeah, yes, have soon. an amazing weekend. Yeah. Thank you, everyone. Wish you the same.
Wish you the same. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for being in the room today. Once again, I will ask you to share your reactions with our speaker today in the house, giving us so many gems that we can take if we are looking to break into the Web3 space. If you haven't uh, been here for the full episode, you can catch it on Spotify when it's going to come out uh, very soon. We'll be announcing that as well as don't forget to tune in on Tuesdays with our Twitter space channel, The Future of NFTs, hosted by Natia Besta, co-founder, where we talk about everything in the NFT space as well. So, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for being here. Uh, this is JP from Adlunum INC, bringing you everything about Web3. Have a great one. Cheers. Thank you for tuning into this week's episode of Diving Into Crypto, proudly hosted by Adlunum. The first engaged-to-earn platform with a proof-of-attention model and dynamic NFT investor profiles. 